Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Now, I literally can't miss a day. It's the first thing I put in my body every single morning. As someone who suffers from IBS, AG1 has completely improved my gut health and allows me to have sustained energy throughout the day. And since I'm always on the go, the travel packs make it so easy to stay consistent wherever I am. Love it. I've personally been taking AG1 for a while. And as someone who lacked a multivitamin routine, AG1 has been the perfect product to mix into my morning routine. Truthfully, I was a skeptic at first as I'm with most supplements and vitamins, but I've felt noticeably better at the start of morning workouts and definitely have seen an improvement in my digestive health. I tend to mix my AG1 with two tablespoons of lemon juice and coconut water, and it's delicious. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash STW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash STW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Ty, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. We're so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, for our listeners, can you just give a quick intro of like who you are? Of course. Um, I'm the founder of Outdoor Voices, an activewear company. I started it at 23, coming out of uh, college. And then most recently founded two new companies, Joggy in the plant-based energy uh, space, which we'll talk about today. And then a Web3 loyalty company called Try Your Best. Um, so I've been busy. I like I like building things. So, so many things. I think I want to take a step back and start with the with the OV world, Outdoor Voices world. So you're super young, getting out of college. Like, what made you want to start a active work clothing company? Yeah. Um, my parents were in apparel, and I told myself growing up I'd never do the same. And then I found I wound up um doing just that, making leggings. But I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so a town that's super outdoorsy. Every day you're hiking or biking to school. That was just the way of life, like incorporating activity into everything that you did. Um, I was also an athlete. So uh, as a high school athlete, I wore Nike, was obsessed with it. And like the mission at the time was to cross the finish line first. And so that brand, like I very much loved. I then took a year off and went to the East Coast, ended up going to art school at Parsons Design School and was much less active than in my Boulder days. And, and I started to recognize like mentally, both mentally and physically not being active, you know, led to kind of negative feelings, et cetera. And so throughout school at Parsons, um, I started dreaming up this idea of building a, a brand that really freed fitness from performance and, and made being active less about crossing the finish line first and all about 
doing it consistently. So connecting the dots and, and to do so, um, I, I realized that this brand needed to prioritize activity for the joy of it rather than the pressure to perform. And so that really was the original inspiration for Outdoor Voices. And, and I launched it out of school um, with, with really the goal to, to build the next great activewear brand that was female founded and, and really prioritizing daily activity for fun with your friends. Yeah, I think you were one of the first to prioritize like movement, I want to say, instead of it being about fitness, it was around yeah. like, moving your body and feeling good. And Outdoor Voices like slogan is like doing things and and just the idea of like being with this community. And I think one of the big takeaways that I've had from Outdoor Voices as well as into your new ventures is this idea of community and that you have been able to build these companies around people sharing these shared values and common interests. Um, and I'm curious, like for you, what has been that, we'll, we'll, and we'll go into TYB and, and Joggy, but like what has been your constant thread as you continue to build new businesses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Outdoor Voices, our community was our moat. And so I got to taste firsthand what having this engaged, passionate fan base looked like. And it was a very sticky customer. Um, I'll go at this a few ways, but what I personally wake up excited to do every day is, uh, again, inspire people to find ways to move. And I think ultimately able to do so, that's when you can mac maximize happiness. Um, and so now like with Outdoor Voices and now with Joggy, that's a personal passion of mine and also something that I just need. Like if I don't find a way to sweat or exercise on a daily basis, I'm not the same, I'm not the tie, the version of tie that I wanna show up as. Um, so this, this kind of passion comes from very much a personal place. Um, and I think the community piece is important because from the early days of Outdoor Voices, we, we really leaned into kind of grassroots organic building and community building around the brand and it, it really worked. And so that's informed a strategy now that, you know, was created at Outdoor Voices, we use with Joggy and then TYB's built off of is activate IRL and amplify through digital and social. And so with Outdoor Voices, we started in New York um, and we had this value of it starts with us, but literally our team, I think at 13 people, um, on a weekly basis would go to like the courts on Canal Street during lunch and like play, you know, basketball. And I think that was like the first New York Times article about TYB or sorry, Outdoor Voices was literally our team leaning into that value. It starts with us, but leaning into that strategy of activate IRL and then amplify through digital. And so that that strategy became essentially our core approach to to growth. Um, and And ultimately we built on a local level, this many thousand person distributed network of what we called Team OV. It was essentially ambassadors, influencers, customers, fans of the brand that would activate both by showing up to OV programmed um, events, but also host their own. Um, and interestingly, this, this kind of higher touch IRL community strategy led to four times more valuable customers that would come in the door to Outdoor Voices that way versus any of the programmatic or paid spend. 
Yeah, it's an amazing, I mean, that drives up AOV, it drives up repeat purchase behavior with like at the inception of a business is so important. And just taking a step back, you came out of Parsons, you obviously had a tremendous skill set for design, which I think in the consumer world, brand being so important is actually quite a, it's a differentiated but ideal kind of profile for a founder. How are you able to go about covering these other aspects of the business, whether that was operational or financial, coming out of this yeah. design background? And were you just, did you have to inspire some people to come on really early at a really young age? Or how did you think about like the holistic execution of the business outside of the design side? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and in my eight years of building up our voices, I learned very important lessons. Um, so some of that I did well and some I, I didn't and happy to go into that. But what was really unique about from a school standpoint, what I was able to focus on, it was a it was a degree called um, design and management. And it was cool because the first year you're learning to visualize your ideas. So like I think at the time it was Adobe Suites, it'd be Figma now, most likely. Um, but then I wasn't there for fashion. I was I was there for this business degree at an art school. Got it. Uh, Visualizing ideas was amazing. And then a lot of the more business type classes were all about pitching and coming up with ideas and putting decks together. And it was like actually applicable to then like going and doing that in, in the real world. So um, I've always been design inclined and like loved product and brands. Um, but that was that set me up nicely to then like, I guess, have the toolkit to like start going to investors, et cetera. Um, I guess kind of the sec the second thing there is from a team perspective, I was early on just really selling people on this vision of ultimately creating the next Nike. Um, and, and I think similar to how we got customers, like this big vision and kind of clear but neutral call to action around doing things like was something people wanted to be part of. Mm -hmm. And I think I still am this like very, maybe overly energetic, but like enthusiastic and and kind of um, fun force. And so really that enthusiasm for what we were building and, and it being tied to kind of a mission that matters uh, was how I got people in the early, early days. One thing just on, on kind of the team and kind of leadership note is we had raised a lot of money and I was very thankful to um, the supporters and et cetera, like the people that wanted to put dollars here. What what became complicated was this almost like overemphasis on how important like the best you know operating leader or like COO or head of growth type candidate would be in a way that almost made them unicorns. And so like to kind of close the loop there, what that ended up doing is I didn't get people in soon enough to complement my my skill sets because we had engaged these expensive recruiters, et cetera, met, you know, tons of people, but I felt so much pressure to like ultimately hire like the best person mm -hmm. um, that it, it was too slow. And so in a lot of ways, like if I were doing that again, I would hire those people sooner. So even if they have a spike here and then like there's some areas that aren't a home run, I, I think of it almost like in dating or choosing kind of who you marry. <laughs> Like the partner's not going to have everything for you, but they need to have a spike. Yeah, that's a really interesting learning. I like how you put that. Um, and yeah, you brought up uh, you brought up raising capital. You raised a lot of it. Um, 
you also talked a bit about this kind of local IRL model combined with bringing digital awareness and influencers into the model. Um, and then kind of, I think, trying to copy and paste that local model at scale over time. Um, how did that kind of collide with taking on lots of capital and then feeling pressure to maybe grow extremely mm -hmm. quick because of all the capital that you had taken on from, from some pretty controlling investors? Um, hundred percent. I think in a lot of ways, like the VC D to C model is broken. Um, and that's where try your best has come out of, or, you know, was created from we, yeah, we raised this money and then, and then the expectation was that you grow at breakneck speed. Well, as a 23 year old founder, and then in a business that creates physical things like that can be very challenging. So for instance, the inventory piece was always difficult to like understand. And I remember us asking the question, how high is high? We had this board member who had tremendous experience kind of in the past running <clears throat> super large companies, but that didn't directly apply to kind of the size and scale uh, of Outdoor Voices, as well as we had a we had a different model that was working, this, this one that you described. Um, and so there were a number of things that went wrong by, by just creating this very pressured situation by raising so much money. Um, one example was our, our VC who I'm friends with from General Catalyst um, didn't have any experience kind of in like the physical goods world. And so put Mickey Drexler in as our chairman. And I was excited about this. Like, again, he has a really nice legacy. That said, we both had very different views on how to grow. Actually, there were three different views. Mine was lean into this IRL activate, you know, activate IRL um, community kind of model. Um, Mickey was much more kind of bullish on show up in the mall, like the retail strategy and kind of big box. And then the VCs were seeing, let's say, other portfolio companies, let's say in healthcare, et cetera, really crush it in terms of paid social. And so there was still an expectation to put dollars there. And, and ultimately, like a three-pronged strategy wasn't going to be the efficient like way to grow. And so that was a big learning. If if I were in that same position again today, like I would, I would um essentially campaign for only this community strategy. Hmm. It's definitely a better business model. Super interesting. So like it feels like just to kind of sum that up, you had kind of one area, kind of like Mickey pushing let's go big in malls really quickly, have like a huge in-person presence kind of everywhere. And then at the same time, you had like, no, let's just buy Facebook ads and invest in paid and try to boost like click through and, see, and drop CPA. And then you were like, kind of like, no, like we need to be in between, build community locally, spend some on like digital, but not like just spray paid ads to kind of scale the business. And like at the end of the day, like I as the CEO am fully accountable. So like by shedding light on, on the dynamic, like. Yeah, I I wish I were in a position just from a maturity standpoint to have been able to like say no to more. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I like I'm very I very much have felt firsthand why kind of the idea of mastering the rules before you break them is, is super important. Mm. Um, but I I think that's important like just to note because it's easy to like blame other other things or other people, but like ultimately. The biggest learning out of the OV experience was, you know, as the CEO, you're fully accountable and, and feeling what that feels like is, is 
probably the most valuable thing for kind of the go forward of, of my career and, and the companies that that we're building. Yeah, I feel like you sit in such a unique situation of having gone through these things at such a young age to be able to come out now with all of these learnings and take it yeah. to your next ventures is is what like people wish they could have had or, you know, yeah. like that you just have such a unique perspective on. Um, and you mentioned, you did mention like some of the learnings that you've taken into TYB now. And I want to touch into, tell us a little bit about what TYB is. And so leaving OV, you took a little hiatus from, you know, all of these new ventures. And then you came back in with this TYB. And I remember seeing the dog and was like, whoa, what is this? This looks really cool. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about TYB and what it is. Yeah, TYB stands for Try Your Best. And it's a toolkit that allow brands and fans to build and win together. Um, more simply said, it's where brands can manage um, their community, essentially requesting valuable action from this community and then rewarding them. Um, and TYB, the toolkit's very much informed by what we did so well at Outdoor Voices community. Um, it gives brands an owned community channel. Owned means you have direct access to all of the data um, around this community, uh, which you don't with an Instagram or Facebook. Like that's all closed in a walled garden, right? Um, so you have, you give brands an owned community channel where they can coordinate and reward valuable action, uh, automate and scale rewards, and then make community measurable. And this is important because this is all the type of action that that we were, um, I guess, requesting at Outdoor Voices. So post a social, submit a review, host an event, but it was all orchestrated across a fragmented set of channels. So Slack, SurveyMonkey, da, 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 which operationally made it super difficult. And then more importantly, made it really hard to measure essentially incremental revenue, growth, community growth, repeat, et cetera, all of the, all of kind of the um, valuable uh incremental kind of dollar data around what community members that engaged with you in this way looked like versus those that did not and so i almost would say tyb like the tippy top kind of of tyb in terms of of like benefit is the the visibility to community data um and then the ability to request this action from a consolidated uh place so that that's that's what tyb is so just so I, I can understand this and probably other people are, are wondering it too. So this is a toolkit that I purchase if I'm like a founder of a company or something like that, or running community for a company. And mm -hmm. this allows me to kind of like plug and play into my own company. Is that correct? A hundred percent. There's no default like place to manage your community. So that's what TYB will, TYB will become. Um, and it's pretty simple. There's kind of three main steps. So it starts with onboarding and you're essentially uh, engaging or inviting, inviting your existing audience into this channel via a collectible. The collectible uh, formalizes the relationship. And so I don't know how Web3 or not kind of the audience is here, but I'm going to make it as simple as possible. The collectible formalizes the relationship. When when I click unlock that collectible, it lives, it lands in my wallet. Now I'm in this community, cha community channel around a brand that I love with other people who love the brand. And there's challenges that are essentially being surfaced to me. So it could be something like, 
hey, we're hosting an event here, show up and earn brand coins. And so whether it's posting to social, it's all, all of this type of action that as fans of a brand we're taking already, but it's not, it's not something that's coming from a consolidated place. And more importantly, I'm not getting rewarded for it. So this is quite cool in that users of a product or loyalists of a brand now have aligned stake or incentive for their contributions. Um, and I think yeah. that's what's so attractive about Web3. That's it, so it can be digital, right? It can be a digital asset that I get instead of something that has to be shipped physically. And, and for, yeah. for, for example, um, with Outdoor Voices, we had this blue doing things hat. Um, and the only way that you could get it in the early early innings of the brand was by showing up and participating in the mission. So you yep. showed up to a you know dance class or a dog jog and you got this blue doing things hat. So it was this kind of slight friction that you had to earn your way in. And then you'd see people on the trail or in a yoga class with this blue doing things hat. And you'd be like, oh, we're just part of the same community. It was very much a symbol of your belonging to the community, right? So what what becomes really cool and we're already starting to see happening with brands that we've launched with is that physical blue doing things hat becomes digital lives in a wallet and unlocks perks access points etc in a really new and fun way so the tyb logo i guess you could say is your little dog right and so if i'm it, it if do I as my as the brand do I get to like customize what my coin is I guess you could say unlocking so the dog is joggy the plant the energy company is essentially blue doing things hat and so, so TY yep go ahead so okay so if I'm a brand is my community quote unquote like if I if I unlock the toolkit of TYB is my community then like, I don't know, name a company, Olipop powered by TYB. Exactly. And so TYB's white label, it, it falls to the back. It's just powering this interaction and it's leveraging the blockchain in this very elegant kind of like, it's a coordinating mechanism. Um, and so it allows you to automate all of this valuable action on the brand side in a fun, sticky, gamified way that's very different than like a loyalty program today. Like you don't think of a loyalty it's program. Like a, it's like a B2B SaaS model essentially. Yeah. For TYB, yes, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and on, on the user side, the only place that TYB, the brand shows up is in the wallet. And so as you start to join communities of your favorite brands, your wallet then reflects this with the digital collectibles. So the joggy doggy or the blue doing things hat or the topicals insider keychain, And this becomes something we're already starting to see people share it, for instance, in their um, social profiles. Mm -hmm. And so you share your wallet by username.tyb.xyz. And so it's quite cool. Um, it becomes almost like a, it, it is a symbol or kind of like signal of the brands that you yeah. really care about. It's like these your part like your proprietary identity within the brand yeah and, exactly yeah and, it's like, and then brands, like the brands can choose yeah yeah but but the cool thing is from a marketer standpoint not only you now have like on-chain relationships that you can see beyond just purchase history you can see like every action that 
this community member has taken, obviously they're getting rewarded for this, which is meaningfully different than what exists today. The wallet replaces cookies. So we know cookies are expiring. The wallet now becomes the single view of this customer in the digital world, right? Yeah. Um, and so that that can't be underestimated. Like, and I think on the on the community member side, it becomes a really effective way, a new channel for communi communication. Airdropping, you know, all people who have the joggy doggy, for instance, a path uh, like a code for a free product. That that's like just a very new and effective like mechanism for communication. Yeah. So because I I mentioned it, let let's go into joggy now. So. TYB and then when Joggy launched, I know it launched kind of side by side with TYB and that's why I kind of associate the two together. Um, yeah, with, yeah. With this like, I guess it launched, like Joggy launched with this coin of the doggy. Um, mm -hmm. so, so tell us about Joggy. Yeah, let me, I'll start with Joggy because Joggy came before TYB. Um, so I was leaving Outdoor Voices and starting to get back into running. Um, and a friend of mine in Austin was like, have you tried taking full spectrum CBD before runs? And I was like, CBD like makes no sense to me. It's never worked, but I'll try it. Um, and, and this person happened to work at a really fabulous lab out of Austin called Sante. Um, and so I tried it and I mean, it could be placebo, but I felt that I was enjoying the run more. Um, and that I could go for longer. And so I started double clicking kind of on the science here uh, and and under, and like trying to unpack why, because I hadn't had a good experience with CBD in the past. Um, it turns out we have an endocannabinoid system. Our bodies make something similar, similarly, uh, similarly, oh my God, I'm, I'm tripping up on this, chemically similar to cannabinoids. I'll repeat that. I don't know if you guys can cut, but um <laughs> Can you? <laughs> no need. We can, but no need to. It's it's yeah. not an easy. Okay, topic. okay. It, that's a nice uh, blurb. Um, blooper. Uh, anyway, so we have an endocannabinoid system, and and so CBD cannabinoids are just supplemental to a natural system within our bodies. So I was really into this feeling, and I started to think about it like the runner's high. And Rachel, I think you are an athlete, like you ran in the past, right? Yeah, I ran in like Daniel and I are both collegiate athletes. I was a runner and squash player in college. Daniel played collegiate uh, tennis. So we- I didn't know you oh, ran yeah. also. Rachel, you ran also? Yeah, I was a three-sport athlete. Jesus, I thought, I didn't know. I knew about squash. Wow. That's amazing. But you guys know runner. runner guy. Yeah, I love like the runner. runner. This elusive, elusive kind of six miles in feeling of like the Energizer Bunny where you can go forever. Mm -hmm. But- Runner's High, Joggy's first product, allows you to get that without logging the six miles up front. And so um, <laughs> Joggy, I'll, I'll kind of move more quickly into explaining um, what Joggy is, but Joggy is a plant-based um, energy company, energy as in supplements. And it starts with uh, a suite of five full spectrum products that support both the energizing needs and the recovery needs around activity. And I think we started here, but really the mission for Joggy is to help people maximize happiness through movement. Um, and these energy products become kind of a ritual around your daily activity. Super cool. What What is water-based CBD versus like a CBD oil? I, I honestly relate to yep. you and like your first kind of reaction to taking CBD before running. I've tried so, so many products 
usually don't honestly feel anything consciously different but then I've also been told that you have to be really consistent with like your routine where like if you take the really high quality product for like two weeks straight you you really do start to feel something consciously different so you just have to be consistent and I actually found with beam cbd for sleep I take it every day and I reached a point where like it really started positively impacting my sleep but for the most part I've struggled so maybe just take us through like why yours is so much more powerful and kind of higher quality. Yeah. Yep. No, hundred percent. And, and the tech is the differentiator here. So um, when I first took the CBD from a friend in, in Austin, I was like, damn, I actually feel something like, are you sure there's not something else in here? Turns out Sante lab has labs has this really interesting tech. It's a water-based tech that essentially packages active ingredients in a lipid like cell structure that makes the active ingredients 80% more bioavailable. So if you think of traditional CBDs, they're in oil, but mm-hmm. go back to science class when you're a kid, oil and water don't mix. So the effectiveness or absorbency in your body from an oil-based tincture, like makes sense that you wouldn't feel it. And this water-based tech is why I became so, I guess, interested in kind of debunking or, or working in, you know, to help people understand the benefits of CBD when it's done right. And so if you look at runner's high and I'm like pull pull out the dropper, it's white. So it's very different looking than the oil-based products. That is because of the water-based tech. And um, the 80% more bioavailability means you actually feel it. So uh, have you guys tried runner's high? I think you have, Rachel, right? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- and, yeah. And, I, and I feel it. You, you, you definitely feel that energized buzz. Um, yeah which is like a really hard feeling to get. I got to yeah. try this. I'm intrigued. It, so one one other thing on the runner's high in particular, um, we use a more recently researched cannabinoid called THCV. And so you don't think of CBD necessarily as like energizing whatsoever, but THCV is very energizing. And, and so it's like a very unique feeling. Some people have said it feels like very focusing, like Adderall. Um, and so I'm like all for it. Plant, plant-based Adderall for those that need it, like that's fantastic as well. So I have a question. And and one thing that like I've been thinking about is, so a lot of people associate CBD with like, as Daniel said, like beam or, or going to sleep. It's like something that like yep. relaxes you similarly to how yep. you, you initially thought of it. How are you guys messaging other than obviously like the name of the company being Joggy and this like active dog and the names of your products? How are you really convincing or educating your customer that like CBD is an energizing supplement? Yeah, I I think that's great. But leading with brand and energy as our category first is like how we introduce ourselves. And then the second kind of bullet is speaking about the tech. Um, And so exactly how you guys kind of asked, um, it's like that one, two punch. I think ultimately, and what we're fastly kind of developing into are non-CBD versions of these essentially franchises that we've created. Um, And positioning Joggy as the replacement to a Red Bull, let's say. Um, that, that's like the future here. And I, I think Red Bull is a fantastic brand. I think, however, the ingredients are not so good for us. And so, um, in a lot of ways, Joggy is kind of the, the new player in that game, 
from a grassroots perspective, activating in ways, you know, similar where on a local level, like OV, like you're having all these doggy events, um, running, dog walks, et cetera. Um, and, and that's really the vision here is replace Red Bull. Yeah, I love it. I also love the uh, the website itself is just beautifully done. I love that like animation. It looks like you're going into like a running metaverse with like- the, Isn't the, it cool? Yeah, it's super yeah, the, other, the other thing, just like one thing that has been super important here is um, balancing like the art and science. And so like any business, it starts with like kick-ass product. And I think, I think too many don't do that well enough, but like that's why finding a partner as an expert, um, the Sante Labs, they're actually the leader in accredited testing for, cannab uh, for cannabinoid products, which is awesome. Um, but then packaging it, it in this highly differentiated, artful, like energetic brand, like I think we do a nice job of marrying the art and science here. Yes. Yeah, so we took our listeners through quite the journey of Thai, of like OV, TYB, Joggy or I guess OV, Joggy, TYB, whatever order we want to say it in. What do you feel like has been like now at Joggy, like has been your biggest learning of starting like three distinct companies? Um, That's a great question. Uh, I'm very bullish on doubling down on direct. Like the direct-to-consumer model is not direct at all. We would spend 30 or 40 percent of our dollars like to Facebook and Instagram and then like that would net us you know highly unsticky customers that only shopped at sale and so that ties to how we launched Joggy and your mention of the Joggy Doggy which for people who haven't seen it it's this animated kind of jumping cartoon dog that catches a frisbee and it says Joggy on the frisbee um, and really TYB was born by thinking about how we were going to go to market with Joggy in a truly direct way and so before we sold any Joggy products, physical products, we uh, essentially introduced this Joggy Doggy that was your ability to join Joggy as a founding member. And it came with a series of perks. You bought it for $250 each. Pretty incredible. We sold 500 of them for $250 each uh, and sold out in 40 hours. And then we had this super engaged group of founding members in the community channel that then became, you know, we leveraged to help grow Joggy when the first product came out a month later. And so I would say like the better business model enabled by the blockchain around doubling down on direct is my biggest learning and really cool to start to see it play out with Joggy and in, in that we're able to lean into what we do super well um, and essentially leverage this distributed network of community members to help us grow in a healthy and profitable way. So interesting. That's like, that's a really cool learning. Like you're basically just leveraging like metaverse and digital to have like this own channel that doesn't like make exactly. you reliant upon like a third party or like their CPMs or anything like that. I love that. Totally. And, and I think like that is what excites me as a new, like we call it community integrated commerce. Like if there's a brand thinking about direct to consumer, it's evolving to community integrated commerce where you now have essentially your existing community and customer base as your MVP, tap them to help you share, tap them to help you refer and reward them for it. And it creates this really cool flywheel effect. And so that's, I know that it's a lot of, after voices, Joggy TYB, it's a lot to kind of unpack. 
But TYB and Joggy really came from the learnings at Outdoices and that community can really be your most productive channel, but you need a tool that makes it simple. Yeah. I want to know if you could go back or even, I guess, like not a learning, but if you could change something, like what would you have changed in how you started OV or how you started Joggy or how you started TYB? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, well, Joggy and TYB are quite fresh and I've been very specific and nuanced about the approach there, just given the challenges with Outdoor Voices, which were highly publicized and like ultimately I'm grateful for. Um, I don't know. So I, if I go back to Outdoor Voices, there's definitely a lot of benefit to starting out of school. That said, like, could I have you know, gotten further had I gone and worked for someone for five years and then applied those learnings? I don't know. That my by nature, I'm someone that likes to try a lot early to like essentially understand what I like and what I don't, which I think is highly valuable and I recommend to people. And almost more important in your 20s is figuring out what you don't like to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> um That's and I think that probably uh, that probably means I'm a lot more in the weeds with kind of our operating model. And like, I'm not going to raise crazy amounts of money like I did in the past. So I, I'm, I'm very much more focused on like not, not raising too much money, just what the business needs and then getting leadership in to complement my skill set sooner. And so in both Joggy and TYB's case, we have. Right. Which means you're, you're probably obsessive over bottom line profitability and getting there from like the early stages. Um, and so on. Last question we asked all of our guests is how they subscribe to wellness. So what are a few habits mm -hmm. you're focused on on a weekly basis that enable you to live a healthy life while managing TYB and jogging? And two babies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and um, family. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I jog every morning. That's where Joggy came from. Um, yep. And I, I kind of have this personal just way of living that when things feel stuck, change the chemistry. And so for me, that's movement. And that's, become, that's like the most effective tool. Um, and so anytime that there's like something that doesn't, you know, feels challenged or needs to be changed, I always start with getting sweaty. Um, so that, that would be kind of the simplest piece of advice, I'd say, from a wellness perspective. I love, love that. You. Where can our listeners find more, learn more about TYB and Joggy? Yeah, of course. Uh, Joggy's getjoggy.com. And I'll share with you guys um, a discount code if there's a way to share that with the group. Um, and then TYB is tryyourbest.xyz. And you'll see a bunch of brands that you love launching collectibles their version of the joggy doggy soon love it thank you so much for your time ty thank you thank you guys thanks everyone for listening to today's episode feel free to rate review and share the podcast and of course don't forget to subscribe to wellness if you'd like to sponsor us please see the supporter link in our podcast bio we hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time